Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Discussion 5, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey Podcast Network is growing, and we want to make sure that you're aware of everything going on. So let's give you the rundown of the schedule every week, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every single Monday, that's all 31 NHL shows coming at you. One show for every NHL team on Tuesdays. We've got Tales with TR, which also runs on Thursdays. Uh, we've also got Hockey to Heroin coming to you. The Road to Recovery, hosted by Brady Leavold every Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, the Fourth Line Voice coming to you every Wednesday and Sunday. The Ice Analytics Podcast coming to you every Friday. And the House of Hockey Podcast every Tuesday, hosted by Breezy and Ray Ray. If you want to see more, go to the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or at hockeypodnet to check out more. everybody and welcome to episode 57 of the discussion five is that too loud for you mike you, you made a face look like you're you're gonna explode there it nope. is early in the morning time it certainly is i uh i'm ready to go back to bed uh <laughs> we are the discussion five and as you heard at the uh, top of the show brought to you by the hockey podcast network but we are also the brothers of discussion so we'd like to remind you to head on over to bodpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com if you're looking for some wrestling coverage. That's, uh, that's how we all got started here. Uh, you can also find us at bodpodcast on Twitter. Now for the hockey stuff, of course, at bodhockey. You can find uh, my personal tweets at clinkmet. That's my brother. He's at Michael underscore clink. Uh, and then uh, we have our joint Instagram account for both pro wrestling and uh, hockey. That is brothers underscore of underscore discussion. Uh, and as for the Hockey Podcast Network, just one more <clears throat> reminder here is thehockeypodcastnetwork.com and at HockeyPodNet to get all those cool updates on uh, whatever's going on with our new shows. Uh, and of course, uh, you'll hear at the bottom of the show a new cool hockey uh, promotion where you could walk away with a $175 gift card. So what uh, what you got to do, um, you know, uh, don't fast forward to the end. Listen to the whole episode. And then you'll get the details on how you could win a $175 gift card. Yeah! Oh! That's the only way. It, that's how podcasts work. Um, you can't you can't fast forward and hear the ads. You have to listen to the whole thing. Damn it. So. That's, that's when I usually use that, that 15-second button. But not on this one. This is a good that one. Would be, yeah, that would be pretty sad. That's The reason I have the 15-second button is to get through all them ads. And if yeah. somebody was just hitting that right now to get to get to our cool hockey ad read, that would be sad. Uh, not sad, though, Mike, was the jubilant day for Red Wings fans. Uh, yesterday morning, uh, what? I, I've there, never I, seen I mean, a Game of Thrones-like uh, back alley backstabbing is is paid off matt it looks like we're gonna go back to the old format for drafting wait who is doing all the backstabbing i just assume it was eiserman his master scheme oh i well we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute because he he has an opposite view that you might think uh one would have and at least that's what he's matt, that's I've what he's selling seven years of game of thrones he is doing cartwheels around little caesar's arena right now well here's Here's the thing. That, I guess comfortably uh, from home, but uh, <laughs> the the fans were happy because mathematically, yeah. Matt, it looks like we're going to the old system 
Uh, at worst, we'd be drafting second. So we're either getting superstar A++++ or the other pretty big superstars are A+, I'd say. Um, so it, it both, looks pretty both good Both guys us. could start next season. And one guy who uh, to be a lot of people... fair, anyone the Red Wings drafted would probably start next season. Right. Uh, but, yeah, go ahead. No, I uh, what I what I wanted to talk about, and I I think um, there's there's going to be a lot of Red Wings podcasts uh, coming out uh, Monday morning. I, I saw a lot of posts of emergency podcasts being recorded. Send us questions now. Of course, we'd love to do that, but nobody would answer us. So, <laughs> what uh, what I wanted to throw out there was that what a lot of people are just going to jump over is the fact that when this happened, that was the most joyous collectively happy moment i think i've experienced since we've had this podcast running uh for red wings twitter and it was just one tweet after another most people being happy there's there's some people that are sour on well of course we're gonna end up with number two great i god i i'm i just i can't that's okay that's a lot better than five four three you know uh by right or i mean that's what we wanted it's not we, smells like it's gonna happen We've run other episodes uh, in the past, if you guys want to check it out, where we were discussing with other uh, hockey podcasts. Let's, let's fall in love what, with uh, Tim Drysdale. All right. You know. Right. It, well, it was <laughs> that was actually part of it, right? We were writing yeah. a love letter to ourselves about how great life would be once we draft Rossi. So right. it's like, <laughs> it, it's, it, it was such a sad state uh, of mind was just to go, well, we're probably going to end up with the fourth pick. Yeah. So let's look at these other guys. But now it's just, no, the top two guys in the draft. And, and, and of course, uh, the conversation is turning from if we do this to when this happens. Um, and, and we'll talk about that again in a second. But anyway, what I, I just want to focus on, Mike, it was the easiest day to tweet for Red Wings hockey I think I've ever, I've ever had. Because all we've been doing is talking about how shitty this team is for so long. And there's arguments that go back and forth about certain, like, fourth-line guys that people yeah. should be more excited about which here i am about to be negative i'll never understand why anybody would be excited about a fourth line prospect great the diamond dozen the entire league is scattered with guys who could fill out a fourth line yeah. let's not blow a load over that right. but we're all blowing a load yesterday over the fact that it could be lefrenier or quentin byfield and and you and i were texting yesterday morning and i was throwing out the possibilities of oh my god we're gonna draft lefrenier we're going to trade for Tyler Johnson, and then we're going to have a Lefreniere, Tyler Johnson, Zadina line for number two, or second line. Ah, oh, God. Yeah, I, don't I mean, like, There's... that excitement level is what we need. I don't need, I don't need, oh, our fourth line's going to be set next year. Woohoo! Yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds like the league, um, I think personally for us, Matt, we, we looked at the Red Wings salary cap situation, which is about as juicy as it can get. Uh, yeah. I, I, the early estimates, I think they had like something like 30 to $40 million to muck around with. Obviously, there's some restricted free agents uh, that will you know eat up some of that. But it smelled like this was going to be a great opportunity for us to, to uh, you know, help help some teams that are, you know, above the uh, cap limit, right? Uh, give them some room to maneuver. Uh, but it, it's this whole thing still kind of baffles me because selfishly, yes, I'm very excited for the Red Wings to have, uh, you know, been one of those teams that gets to exploit a weird instance in league history to get a top pick. Um, 
uh, what were the, I, I can't, I don't have the year in front of me, but uh, was it the, the Penguins who got to exploit some lockouts with multiple top picks? Um, I mean, yeah, the Penguins. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you can look at uh, um, some suspicious things in, in draft lotteries um, in other sports. I'm looking at you, Cleveland, and LeBron, and then he leaves, and Cleveland suddenly gets another top pick. It's just, just stuff like that. It always feels like Detroit sports has kind of been on the outside of those bubbles. Um, right. The, the closest we've ever had to, like, screwing the system was when the Pistons had a, a draft pick from Otis Thorpe that turned into the number two pick in the loaded 0-3 draft, and we know how that turned out. But that was the only time I can really think of us uh, kind of finagling our way forward. So it looks like finally, Matt, uh, that's, the Red Wings are, I mean, that's a great the Red point Wings are getting because... a chance. People were complaining yesterday about how biased this is going to be for for the Detroit Red Wings. And, um, you know, going back to what a great day it was on Red Wings Twitter, uh, it it was pointed out that if you think, like, sure, this one draft will be biased towards the worst team in the NHL, probably the worst team in the NHL in the last 30 years, right? It's going to be biased towards them. Think about how the draft is usually set up, where it's biased towards teams that are actually doing okay and they're not too far off. Teams like the Chicago Blackhawks and teams like the Montreal Canadiens and the Rangers. How about the New Jersey Devils? Isn't the draft biased towards the Devils who keep getting first picks and fucking them up? That's where the bias lands. Not when the worst team in the league, and again, one of the worst teams in the last 30 years in the NHL, gets to benefit from a rule change where where the team that's so bad gets an opportunity to draft first. Like, I don't know, take a note from the most successful sports league in the United States that just had their ratings blow up because the worst team in their league gets to pick the first guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, it, um, I, I just, like, we, we did a couple of... Uh, podcasts where we were doing redrafts of like 98, 99, you know, when the Red Wings took Pavel and Zetterberg and right. Um, I, it's, and that's why I've got, I've got my dad suit going today. Woo. Yeah. Just to celebrate. See some wiggle in there. Um, I just like those years. I, I don't think that there was necessarily like mega home run picks. That's why when we were looking at it, it's like, well, obviously you would take this Red Wing. It's the top pick if you redid it. Because, you know, there's only like a couple guys who were, you know, worth a turd. How about um, even when we found out like, oh yeah, you would take Valtteri Filippo in the top 10 in this draft. Yeah. <laughs> like even that was happening. So I just mean like, <laughs> this is such a mega draft for the Red Wings to like be a part of where it feels like there's a couple of like huge can't miss prospects where mm-hmm. it, it would people would fall out of their chair to not see these guys succeed. Um, and it definitely, I, I know that the situation, like the NHL did not plan for, you know, all this to happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're going to change the rules a little bit. This is, this is, uh, you know, this is a pool that has never been touched. These are waters that have never been Ooh. disturbed. So we don't, we don't know what this is, but for the Red Wings, one of the marquee, you know, teams who used to just travel and they have, they, you know, they have fans all over, you know, the Canada and the United States for them to be able to exploit this situation. It just finally feels like one of those weird hockey God things where <laughs> things are going to work out for us. You know, it just feels, yeah. it just feels like finally 
the Red Wings. I know they have a ton of cups. Not Montreal style, but they have a ton of cups. But it's it's been a rough few years, Matt. And this is a way to just inject us right, just just like hand sanitizer, just inject yeah. us right back into the top. I think I think it goes back to the idea too, like when it was. Uh, you remember the Ryan Suter free agency year, and everybody just mm-hmm. wrote, "Yeah, going to the Red Wings." And then there was the Steven Stamkos year, and it was, "Yeah, he's going to the Red Wings." And not that stuff wasn't happening anymore, but people were still writing the articles like, yeah, he's probably just going to sign with the Red Wings. And it, you know, from us inside, it made no sense because we were like, wait, we don't, we're not getting any breaks anymore. We, we, we struggle to get that eighth seed. Like nothing's working out. Um, yeah. You could make the argument we lucked out with Dylan Larkin pretty good uh, where, where he landed on the draft. But, you know, all, all that wrapped together like we've we've been pretty far away from looking like the team that's getting all these added benefits just because we are the detroit red wings and um yeah i let, well let's jump into let's, what's going yeah, on here. yeah because uh, we've got, you got to we've got a, a lot little, to report yeah so eiserman's take is you know i keep joking that you know uh, well if i could uh but right before you say that the the reason we're getting so close into this is because of elliot friedman who does a lot of reporting we brought him up before on the show and uh, the the general feeling by all the GMs in the NHL is when they got this memo and they read it, they didn't read it as here's a proposal as to why we want to do it in June. Um, this was the quote that an anonymous GM gave to Elliot was, this is what we're doing, get used to it. Which I just, <laughs> Bill, da- Bill Daly putting his foot down, who's the uh, chief uh, legal officer for the NHL. Um, but yeah, I... So again, uh, to the quick rundown, we're getting you know uh, potentially Quentin Byfield or Alexi Lafreniere, and you would see that immediately and go, "Well, everybody on the Red Wings organization should be thrilled." But here, Mike, you were about to say it was Steve Eiserman's take. I'm sorry to to oh, run into you there. You're fine. I'm glad you did that. Um, I, I guess it just it's just another reminder of you know the the way the NHL runs that this is what they're doing and. I, even as I know what we're going to talk about, I'm still not quite sold on, on the why. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think at the end of this podcast, I'm going to be like, it makes a lot of sense to do this, uh, June. <laughs> like it's, it's still, for me, I'm still lost. Like, I still feel like the NFL, for all their, their warts, they handled their draft beautifully. Um, it sounds like the NBA has a really good brain trust, and that's why they're definitely, like, they're a, a league that squashed playing night of when they found out something might be going on everybody out it's over and they shut down the stadium kick teams out of the game um and they've been kind of playing it by ear ever since so it's just kind of to see I, those back to back with the nhl just saying this is what we're doing it i i and i kind of want to jump on that point too on, on how the nfl and the nba are actually affecting this decision making yeah. uh but uh, yeah we'll we'll get to that and so i'll put that in the show notes here and then we'll make sure we don't miss it yeah, but um, yeah, just Eiserman's take. Uh, it kind of sounds like he and I are of the same opinion. He's just saying, why would you do that? Why would you need to do this? Um, a lot of things are going to be affected, obviously. The draft position is, hasn't been established. We don't know who's in the playoffs, who's out in some cases. But at this time, my own opinion is I haven't heard a good reason why we should do it prior to the end of the season, if we do conclude the season over the course of the summer. So, I, uh, I, Steve, um, yeah, I, it sounds like Matt, the main reason is uh, one of the big votes uh, who sounds like they've already voted and won the uh, decision uh, is NBC. 
that this is mostly about money. Uh, that's why they, they want to have some sort of NHL product out there. They yeah. want to get um, NHL draft. They want to get the mock drafts, talking heads, people watching NHL TV in some capacity, and that there's just no way we could shoehorn a draft you know, between the end of this regular season and cup playoffs, have it maybe in November, and then restart the next season like in December or uh, – January of 2021. So they just said the timing might be weird. <laughs> uh, so I, I think Iserman is 100% right here. I, I The only reason I can see is that, you know, I've, I've seen, uh, uh, you know, hot takes and think pieces where people are saying, you know, the NHL fans really need some content right now. Well, that, that I mean, that, that's the thing, that right? I, I Here's what I do think. I think that uh, when the NFL did their draft, Matt, I don't think that the like the ratings obviously went up and people actually like gave a like they actually watched day three of the NFL draft. Right. You know what I mean? When see these are guys who might make the team. These are gonna be second, third stringers, backups. Um Unless it's but, the Detroit Lions. Those guys are all making the team. I, that's kinda been our You're gonna know, be starting, <laughs> buddy. We yeah. get a lot of injuries and our injuries take forever to heal because nobody wants to play here. Uh, so you're going to get a shot, but you're going to be on TV in a National Football League game. Wow. Look at you. What? Yeah, you're going to be in the National Football League. Anyway, I, I just it sounds funnier to say it instead of the acronym. Anyway, uh, I think that the NHL, Matt, we've talked about um, marketing these guys, getting people interested and enthused. I think this would be a great way to like educate the masses on – you know, Byfield, Lafreniere, um, you know, make people interested in their careers from the get-go. Uh, that's where it feels like the NFL and the NBA do so well as they build up these stars. Like, people know who, you know, Joe Bur- Burrow is. You can just say Tua and they know what you're talking about. Um, we shouldn't have to do that anymore for Lafreniere and Byfield. I think that this could be, you know, like in this realm, that's a great thing to have. But, okay, you know, we have that. We have the Red Wings. Selfishly, we're excited about this, but is is it just about the the TV deals? Because it, it it sounds like some really scary things could start to happen if they don't bring the uh, uh, um, like start getting content going, start playing games. These these quarantined uh, bubble games of of you know maybe four arenas covering these games because it sounded like Matt, there was whispers that they're if they rolled it over and didn't play that they'd be giving television credit the next season. Uh, so the finance of these things is, is, is kind of terrifying for the NHL who is, you know, not really running and gunning like they used to. Uh, this is not a league that's in super great, you know, financial straits all the time compared to the other, you know, it's not, it's barely mentioned as a major sport anymore. Um, so for them to lose that television um, opportunity to, to have revenue here in the summer, Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's where a lot of the owners are kind of like, oh, we, we need something, man. You got to give us something. Um... Well, let me jump in here because there's there's a lot to unpack. You 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 went for a while, and I, <laughs> I wanted to jump on one of the first things you said was um, talking about just putting out content, and it's it's just about the money, and that's that's true. But we're also two doofuses who do a podcast on a weekly basis that talks about pro wrestling. And we're very happy to have content 
on a weekly basis from uh, multiple times a week from the WWE and, and AEW. So I, I like from the perspective of like, uh, I guess us kind of given a long leash to uh, these wrestling companies I, at some point, this is barely anything that the NHL is trying to put together to make some revenue and it's still a business and they want to survive. And I, I don't know, we're going to talk about something later on, um, on our show today about what the NHL is doing during COVID and, and for prepping and for, for possibly bringing in some revenue, uh, based I mean, there's, off there's of hilarious videos so, of George Thornton's beard falling off. Is that you're saying we should, we should have that More instead of, that. of NHL games. Yeah. That's entertainment <laughs> yeah, that was, right there. Woo. Doggies. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Go ahead. You're on a roll. Um, well, I, I just, I, I don't know if I can fault the NHL for trying to do something, create, like if, here, here's, here's what Bill Daly's memo seems to be missing. It, it should just say, we are desperate for money. You guys are talking about this working from a business function or, or like, um, I should probably not say from a business function because that's the direction I want to go in. Uh, they're trying to make this make sense from like the NHL operations function and Bill Daly and the NHL are trying to make this make sense so that there is an NHL and players can still make money and contracts aren't being ruined uh, in years going forward by having some sort of real NHL content go out. I think if, if like based on what Steve Eiserman said, I think one of the, the few things that you could take out of it from an NHL operations uh, standpoint is he is missing the fact that there's going to be some some prime trade opportunities uh but when he says i haven't heard a good reason yet as to why we should do this if bill daly had stated so the entire nhl doesn't have to start creating plans about completely folding which i don't think it would be the result of, a, of them not running the draft but I think starting to put things in place so that the NHL is is getting back to a normal, um, a somewhat normal like schedule. Like they start, you know, we do the draft, we get people to get interested in the NHL again. We have things to talk about. There's co- content that isn't Joe Thornton shaving his beard going out, um, and then yeah. we go into the NHL season, and that's that's a good primer to kind of get everything moving. And if he'd stated that, which we're going to go through some some quotes from from the memo um you know i th- i think that's where these gms start to find yeah, some just believability quick, in like this, uh, with what you're saying it's it's not you're not saying that you know the draft will save the national hockey league what you're mm-hmm. saying is that we need to satisfy these television contracts because this is where we make our money that it's right. not just we need the nhl to make money like even things like the salary cap that's going to get totally fucked if you don't have the same revenue. So uh, rosters will be changed. Like, like they'll have to be weird turnover for that. Um, teams that maybe didn't know they had to trade will suddenly have to do that. Uh, trade negotiations, like, like uh, the restricted free agency, the Red Wings have to figure out. It's such a snowball moment where you, you need to cooperate with these guys who are paying the bill. Um, so I, I think that's kind of what you're alluding to, unless I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the main thing here is um, I, I don't think the NHL cares about what a big trade day it could have been for the Detroit Red Wings or, you know, no. uh, you've got teams that, that have to make, like, salary decisions. Salary um, dump, yeah. 
yeah uh, whatever whatever's going on um they're, they're more about getting things rolling and and and, and here here was bill daly's response to like the trade concerns um and he, he does qualify it as a valid concern but the fact of the matter is whenever we hold the 2020 draft early june or shoehorn it into a shirt so he's kind of like you can hold it in june or you can hold it in october or november yucky <laughs> i love how he said it like that it's not going to be a typical nhl draft uh it's not going to look the same it's not going to feel the same and it's not going to be the same while we may know more about next year's landscape in terms of cba salary cap escrow in november than we will in june we are still not going to know everything, and there are still going to be a multitude of questions that have no answers. So any comparison to the 2020 NHL draft to a typical year's draft is not and cannot be an apples-to-apples apples comparison. I hate when we get these kind of messages, these types of messages from higher-ups, but he is making good points. Like, there's no way this draft was going to be perfect. Um, I think Iserman's point is we get closer to perfect if we wait till the end of the season. But again, getting back to some opportunities to get eyes back on the NHL, this could be the one opportunity that people meet Alexi Lafreniere, and and I don't mean just meeting Alexi Lafreniere. This would be an opportunity where they get to meet an elite superstar from the beginning of his career, and this could be an NHL player that the rest of the United States and or the rest of North America gets excited about because they see him get drafted on draft day. And they get to know him from day number one. And, and I think there, there's a huge opportunity there uh, to, to market just one guy uh, from from start to from start to finish. And you don't have to worry about, you know, his, his career stats uh, doing so hot because you've you've got him already. I mean, I guess you do have to worry about that moving forward. But um, I don't know. This just to me feels like we're. Connor McDavid gets drafted. It's just eh, a year. Everybody ignores the draft just like normal, unless you're a super huge hockey fan. But this would be you've got a content piece. Uh, you've yeah, got the, the a, world a, is, a, is starved for for sports. Exactly. <laughs> so take advantage of those slots that would be available to you. Um, so I I don't know if we want to run through uh, real quick. I want I want to run through the rest of these quotes through the memo. Yeah. Uh, but some I guess some of the points that Bill Daly was trying to put out there. Uh, the networks are enthusiastically in favor of an early draft. So getting back to the financial aspects of it, um, I don't I don't know why anybody wouldn't be excited about. Yeah, we're gonna do some content that isn't you know the 1998 Stanley Cup Final. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, the league points out that if the season resumes and runs into the summer, normally in the off season, teams will have a very short window of time to prep between a draft lottery and the draft itself. That I'm not so sure about because, uh, kind of the argument they they're making yeah. is that they've already done their research. So let's yeah. do it now before they forget. No, the, the research is there. The research isn't going anywhere. The players aren't going anywhere. If anything, they're just getting older uh but yeah that, like yeah i mean uh i think it was shanahan who said uh i mean i, I think we know who's getting drafted where <laughs> he, right. you know what i mean he uh uh said we have enough tape on these guys we have a pretty good idea of you know who they are and, and i i don't want to name name drop who wrote these articles but you know some people are like hey what if uh you know what if in the frozen four uh you know uh, player x had a hat trick you know and that boosts the draft stock a little bit like 
if you're going to be that team that, you know, pins this guy's career on one hot game in a, you know, in a short window, I think we're doing you a favor by like actually removing that, you know, from your, your draft analysis, you know, let's, yeah. let's take the larger picture and not these one-off, you know, bubble tournament games. Just no, don't, you're, you're in better shape. Don't, yeah, I wouldn't worry about that so much. Uh, I'll gloss over this one real quick because it's it's what we've just been talking about. But it's a great opportunity for fan engagement. And then he notes that it, it would be three months between the last hockey game and when the draft actually takes place. No, this, and then uh, no, I don't want you to gloss over that because one of the problems we've talked about since the show started is hockey is such a niche group that it's hockey fans. It doesn't feel like there's like growth either for the league or the outside of Seattle, of course, and the Seattle citizens. Um, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for them to expand interest in this fucking league. There's no sports out there. You can literally just just lasso everybody's attention, Matt. I think people are tired of Netflix. They want something like fresh out of the like fresh out of the box. You know what I mean? Like they want something new. They have I, to jump on this. Would you take Half the money you'd make from NBC to put the NHL draft on ESPN. Uh, sell me on that idea. Do you just mean to, uh, because ESPN is like the, the, the major sports network like, in that capacity? Is that what you mean? Yeah, like instead of having the draft on NBC where nobody watches these hockey games that are on NBC, like just put it on ESPN, then it's not a problem. I th- I, I think with that idea, I would just want to expand it and maybe find some way to get it, um, you know, on, on the on like YouTube. Uh, uh, the is it YouTube Red the the network you can pay for, like to simulcast it in a couple different spots. Um, so yeah, uh, NBC, ESPN, like find some way to like stretch it out and yeah. have multiple opportunities to watch it live. Well, yeah, that the ideal, yes. They get money from a ton of different networks, and it's simulcast everywhere. I just meant they were always, we're always making the decision with the NHL to go with NBC first because they're the ones who are going to give us the most amount of money. I'm just saying, I, I personally, just to answer my own question, I would take half the money, put it on ESPN, let's start moving away from NBC and all their, all their baloney that doesn't help the NHL grow at all. You know, so don't don't worry about it. That's so, right. That's my yeah. We'll we'll keep moving. We got a lot to talk about. Um, right. So, that, like the last one here is actually one that we've just mentioned a ton of times, uh, and this was an actual quote again from Bill Daly. Uh, it's it's a necessary piece of league business that has to transpire at some point, and time and our clubs are as ready for it now as they would be at any other time, and probably better prepared than they would be in the fall. Again, like we just talked about with Shanahan's uh, opinion on it, um, not a lot of credence to this, but I mean, these are the types of things that were laid out, I guess, in this memo by Bill Daly. And of course, um, the, these were actually coming from, he he gave like a an overview of the memo online uh, to make some more NHL content. Uh, so that's where this stuff came from. Uh, but again, he's he's taking snippets from, from his own memo, uh, from the NHL's memo, I guess I should say. And, uh, and and that's that's where these came from. So not not a lot of juice to any of this, uh, but it does look like it's it's gonna happen. Uh, Mike, I did want to come back to the NBA and NFL affecting the decision making. 
Uh, because I think, number one, we've talked about it a lot, what the NFL was able to do from an attention standpoint and get the attention of the entire sports universe for a few days. Uh, obviously, that has a lot to do with it, and I think we've talked about it enough that we know that's that's part of the decision-making here. But you know, where the NBA comes in, I actually think the NHL is trying to make some decision, at least one decision, before the NBA does. And I, I'm 100% in belief that that has something to do with this because... Everything that the NBA does, the NHL turns around and does it the next day. And then Gary Bettman turns around and says, well, this was the decision we made days before the NBA made an announcement. We weren't following them, but it just so happened coincidentally that they made their announcement and then we made our exact paralleled, mirrored announcement the very next day. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but just while we were talking, I was thinking this has to be an element to it that the nhl wants to get in front of the nba and make one decision do one piece of content before the nba comes out and says they're going to do it yeah um i think that uh the nfl definitely had a, a bigger impact because it was such a huge success as far as like generating interest getting people talking um getting people turning on tvs like watching all the extra coverage post post draft pre-draft during the draft um, so the NHL desperately needs that. Um, additionally, what's what's kind of interesting, Matt, is uh, uh, like the NBA, you know, sometimes you'll have a Zion or a LeBron. I could just say their first name, you know, exactly who I'm talking about. That player does not ex- exist in this year's NBA draft. Yeah, everybody knows exactly who Zion is and what team he plays for. They, they, they've heard of him. He's on TV. He's, you know, a, a good you know, amazing athlete, but I'm just saying, I, like, could, not, the, the just, I could not tell you who Zion plays for. Well, you're a bad example, man. Uh, 50% of people know who Zion is. One, two. Anywho, so the point I'm trying to make is that that player does not exist in the NBA draft this year, so their yeah. draft is just a turd sandwich. Nobody cares. NHL could be building their LeBron and Zion. They have those guys this year. This is such a fantastic. I can't. I can't stress it enough. Please use exploit these two guys to sell your whole league. I honestly, additionally, never been... it's not just that the Red Wings are at the top of the draft, and it's the Red Wings, like a historic brand that everybody loves. They they just love the the jerseys, the history, the winning, uh, you know, the tradition, that kind of thing. But then additionally, you have Ottawa, who's going to have two of the top four picks. So that's another team that you could be building into the future. You know, they're uh, Canadian. Let's, I know Toronto's got most of the <laughs> eyeballs over there, but if Ottawa can find a way to like turn these draft picks into like real substance, that's the team that you could watch build from scratch. Like you could say, I was there a draft night, you know. Yep. They yeah, I, I, I honestly think this might be that best opportunity for the NHL to like undercut the NBA. But if you're looking to cut your under, you gotta grab yourself a Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Mike, I, I'd show you. So here's what I'm doing today. Um, you're gonna show us you know, your balls. I actually am wearing my Manscaped underwear right now. I uh, my Manscaped underwear. I, I ran down here from my bed, so I've got my jersey. I've got my uh, my under my blue undershirt, which yeah. is actually a Rick and Morty T-shirt. Uh, I got no pants on. I was thinking about doing like a close-up, but I don't want us to get kicked off of YouTube. So you guys just know that I'm wearing my Manscaped underwear right now because I am so proud uh, to be repping the best uh, below-the-belt grooming company in the United States. Um, 
<laughs> Mike, we've been talking about Manscaped for weeks. Um, not my favorite thing in the world is that now when I see or talk to uh, our parents, they love to mention uh, how long this part of the show is and how they don't enjoy it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> when you said when they mentioned how juice. long, I really thought they saw your ball hair somehow. But go ahead, man. Matt, if you're using that thing. If you're going to advertise it, use it. I mean, your, your ball hairs are out of control right now. But uh, good to know that the news is getting out there, right? We've got uh, we've got two people that not only have heard our ads, but they're coming back to us and letting us know how they feel about them. But uh, Mike, uh, Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer, and that's where this lawnmower 3.0 comes in. It's the third generation, obviously, with the 3.0, with the cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to this thing, and you and I could not be happier. When we tell you it's premium, this sucker is premium. 90 minutes of battery. You've got that LED light to illuminate the parts where the sun don't shine. Uh, they've upgraded to the 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about that handy-dandy charging stand, Mike. I love that thing. Just setting up uh, in the old bathroom. Anybody comes over to visit, they know that you've got a nicely groomed area because you've got that sucker set up proudly uh on your mantle i use it as the centerpiece on my dining table so <laughs> if you want to make sure that you're showing off uh, loud and proud in your bathroom you can get 20 percent off and free shipping going to manscape.com and using the promo code thpn again that's our that's our code of choice thpn at manscape.com gets you 20 percent off and free shipping on the lawnmower 3.0 can't say it enough if you want to have a nice cut down uh i'm looking at my own lawn right now and i, I actually i pay a guy to, to cut my lawn um, oh i thought you meant you're looking at your junk i'm yeah, looking, looking at my lawn looking right, looking right now junk. right now it, it's it's in need of another cut and i know it's going to be doing well with my lawnmower 3.0 no it's well now that's the direction we're going in but yeah again folks head on over to manscape.com <laughs> you get 20 percent off the entire purchase and uh free shipping and like i said i'm i mean i'm wearing some nice undies right now i check those out we talk about the ball deodorant fantastic stuff manscape.com can't be proud enough to declare that our uh sponsor for the show uh mike moving forward um i've got we've got two more items here that uh, i wanted to discuss and we are well over our 30-minute mark, so... Um, Let's just spread through them, bud. Hell yeah! We've got the 2020-2021 season. Uh, we have uh, Gary Bettman actually making the comment um, that it might not start until December. And you and I talked a couple weeks ago about the possibility of the NHL doing that, and I was dumb. I said, the NHL is so stubborn... They would have this feeling of, we can't push back on another season. There's all this tradition. Uh, but thankfully, they are talking, uh, and Bettman said himself, a, a great deal of flexibility in terms of when we can start. Um, and and I just this quote, there's, there's no magic for next season of starting in October as we traditionally do. Uh, almost as if he was listening to our podcast when he said this. Uh, if we have to start November and December, that's something we, uh, that, that'll be under consideration. And I think him stating this isn't him trying to like give wiggle room to the nhl i think he's planting the seed that this is a very real possibility um he also states this isn't a race 
uh, to be the first back, which again we've already discussed. I don't. It kind I, of I is, think, but I think it's in the back of their mind it's all the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just um, uh, real quick, like when you think of spring, what sport do you think of? Uh, I think of hockey and the NHL playoffs and me wearing shorts and a hockey jersey. That is not what I think at all. I think of spring. I think opening day of baseball. I think that the NHL could easily turn winter into that kind of experience for hockey. It's literally a sweater. They don't even call it a jersey. They call it a sweater. So it's like sweater weather. You know what I mean? I um, mean, it's it's there already. So you're I, so they're in. They they play in the winter already. They're not. No, but I, I mean, like they're you know. They're trying to compete with the NFL, which is far and away the most popular league. Um, as much as I try to, you know, hold up our Red Wings or talk about the NBA, the NFL dominates the whole fall. You talk about the NHL always trying to be in lockstep. Let's let's try and get a little ahead of the NBA. But their start days are, like, identical. I think the NHL, this is another great opportunity for them to just totally capture that audience and be like, you know, we're the winter sport now. Like, you know, we kick off in December, and that's just the thing they do going forward. But then they're going to be playing till like August. Eh. Then they become a summer sport. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like baseball, part of like, the season is now summer. Yeah, but baseball, I mean, they go out into fall. So, I mean, they, they play in October, but they're not known as a fall sport, you know, for their playoffs. It's, you know, when it starts and you kind of get excited for it again. I, I, I'm standing by my point. I'm digging the heels in. I think it would be a cool marketing opportunity. I... I mean, my own, my, well, and again, I have a few again arguments part against of it. it. Is... They already own like January 1st and they play outdoors. Uh, they play during the winter. I... Like, so you're not sharing with the NBA. The NBA is starting to get to a point where it's like getting into the dog days. The NFL is, is winding down. It's, you know, the Super Bowl and it's over. So then it's kind of like the NHL can be the spotlight at that time of the year. I, I mean, honestly, I, I think the better argument would be that the NBA plays deeper into the summer um, because they're the ones – I mean, you're anybody can pick up a basketball at any time, and the one time you're not playing basketball is during the winter. I, like, I, I feel like this could go not, either hey, way. but picking the problem, which one starts in December. I just think that – No, I'm, I'm as, saying yeah. the, the problem is, is the seasons are too long, which is what we talked about last week, and I said they need to – Got to squish it, squish it up just a little bit. Uh, but nobody, you know, the the hardcore NHL fans are probably asking for more hockey, uh, and and all of those owners are definitely not looking for ways to not have more people go through the turnstile. So uh, less less games is never going to happen. But um, yeah, I think just because you have these long seasons, you also want to give guys breaks, and I think the breaks are extremely important. I don't think you want to squish the season together. Um, by having games night after night, because then there's going to be so many more injuries. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough thing. Cause either way you're going to, you're either starting in the fall or you're ending in. Well, I think the other thing summer. too, to keep in mind with, uh, I know the, the weather permitting for hockey, maybe going all the way to July and August, it takes you almost completely out of the NFL year. 
So like, you're not going to have to, you know, fight them for ratings, you know, on uh, weekends and, you know, like Monday nights and Thursday nights, all that's off the table. If you, you know, start doing this going forward. So I, I think that's again, kind of a benefit for them. Like as yeah. far as getting focus. Yeah, I think they do a pretty good job already with the way they schedule games to, to make sure they're not competing with too many, like you see Sundays, it'll be a lot of uh, Canadian games or, um, yeah, like those the late night West Coast games for the NHL are usually what's going on on Sundays. Um, I mean, they do they do a lot of planning to make sure that they're not competing. Too yeah, often I, I know somebody has to you know kind of juggle the schedule and do that accordingly. I'm just I'm just talking like overall when people are watching sports, hockey it's so easy to knock it down a peg because you know there's the other major American sports. So now you're kind of like taking that right out of the game, and the NHL's almost, you know, just competing with itself for a while. I'm just, I'm saying there's a benefit to keeping this going outside of this, this one weird year. So we have this opportunity to get I, eyeballs on this league. I, new young I know. players, a new schedule. I know what you're saying. I, I just, I go, I go back to thinking like uh, when the Red Wings used to be in the playoffs. Oh, those are great times. But even in May, like the, um, the, 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 you know, let's say we're going to Nashville and, and especially now going to like Vegas. Um, there's still complaints about the ice actually not being up to code uh, when these, these arenas have to go. Um, I mean, we didn't know, just have doing Las thing, Vegas next in a Stanley Cup. Yeah. And that was an issue. So like what I'm saying is like when they go one night, let's say there's a concert and then the next night there's hockey. Now we're going into August where it's even warmer and it would even be a problem in you know, the great city of Detroit. I, 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 I don't hate your idea. I'm just saying, you know, there's, there's reasons that they do what they do. And, um, I think they already own like the winter sport. I think they, you know, they've got a pretty good handle on that. If you look at the Olympics, you know, they're, they're the only one that's proudly owning those spots at the winter Olympics. I don't know. I, I, I don't. That's why they're. I don't know how starting in December. Really... I don't know how starting in December, which is still the fall, um, makes you. I mean, it's more Christmas of a winter time. Sport. It's snowing. You know, they're already playing during that time. I know, but now they're kickstarting their season. There, that it it just makes it such a like a like a like a visual connection. Like the snow starts falling, you know, it's hockey time. I, I just, well, the NHL is selling licensed. <laughs> I, I can't. I, for some reason, I don't know why you're fighting me on this, but you know, we we can move on. We've already gone over time here. The uh, NHL is selling uh, licensed team logo face coverings, uh, of which I will say a good portion of the revenue is going to charity. Uh, but for some reason, Hockey Twitter was very upset about this. I, I just wanted to talk about this because I think it's a great idea, um, and I've heard. Uh, some other podcasts talking about this and bringing it up as uh, it, it's it's twofold. Uh, it, it is a good business decision, but it's also telling us, Mike, what the NHL expects to see um, going forward is these face coverings will be a normal thing when you head into an arena and are going to consume some hockey, some basketball, football, whatever. Uh, you're going to be required to wear some sort of face covering. So why not wear a Detroit Red Wings one when you head down to Little Caesars Arena? Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like uh, instead of a bobblehead night, maybe we should be doing this uh, every game as a giveaway. I think, 
<laughs> I I was talking with uh, my wife yesterday. I think they should offer these that like this if you do a season ticket thing like this. Um, when I was a Detroit Lions season ticket holder, that was when the NFL changed to the clear bag policy, and they sent us uh, a clear bag to store our stuff in. Like instead of bringing uh you know instead of me bringing my purse to the game, I had this clear bag. Um, I think the NHL should have in place like these face coverings have to go to all season ticket holders so they know what's going on. Like, you're not allowed in without it, and we sent you one, so you have no excuse. Um, but, yeah, I absolutely love the idea that, you know, maybe on the first few nights they have different, you know, they have, like, opening night face mask. Uh, they have, you know, if there's a Stanley Cup that uh, they're honoring that night, like a like a team, you have, like, the the, the logo, the patch, like uh, like this guy right here, you have that on the face covering with the team logo. Yeah, or maybe uh, like Bud uh, Light one, Bud Light. Joe Thornton Appreciation Night. You can have one that's just a big beard, you know? Yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, like, I've seen Disney starting to do it, so they're getting prepared when uh, we do... Uh, I'm not sure if I've brought this up on the show yet, but we're planning a big old family trip uh, next year. Not just me and the wife, but Mike, you'll be there. Our, our parents will be there. Big old Disney trip. But Disney's selling these masks now, so uh, you can be your favorite Disney character, and it's it's just the mouth of like Mike Wazowski. Um, but yeah, I, th- I mean, it's certainly, certainly, it's taking advantage of a horrible situation. Thankfully, part of the revenue is going to charity, but it's also just like, I mean, come on, I, I'm wearing manscaped underwear, so let's. <laughs> I do, you know, it would be. I think everybody's got to gotta a... cool their jets. It'd be fun to. Um... Like, make one for opposing teams. So when the Red Wings have Pittsburgh coming in, like, you could make a really funny one of that pathetic Sidney Crosby mustache. Oh, you mean like the one I'm sporting right now? I cut that's down, it. Yep. I cut down my beard. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just in honor of Sid the Kid. Thought I'd... <laughs> I actually, I had the thought where I was like, you know what, let's, let's change it up here. And I was going to start, like shaving my cheeks every day to to kind of get it to come in a little bit thicker uh, get some beard oil because uh, i said you know what? i'm not gonna have to see anybody and then right. i turned on my camera today and got ready and i went oh fuck uh i forgot about this yep. <laughs> don't right. have a yeah we got to get hooked up with harry's so then i can start doing those <laughs> so i can keep my face smooth and my nuts smooth um Mike, I I, uh, I know we wanted to talk the 2000 NHL draft, but this was such a huge week of news or weekend of news, uh, we couldn't pass it, it off. It was a relief so... to put it off. Yeah, yeah, it's a good yeah, it's that's... a good reason to put it off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll have even more news where this is made official. Then we could start doing some some draft talk heading into like do we can do some full days covering you know what are the possibilities here of uh, I guess if we're going one, we know who we're taking. Um, I think there's a, like a 99% chance we're taking Quentin Byfield at two, uh, but just that 1% chance that is Steve going to go in a different direction and maybe some trade opportunities. Who knows? I guess there won't be any. Uh, fucking forgot. No. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Well, the fun will be lessened for this year's draft, but uh, we'll, we'll see what we can put together based on, I figure when they make the official announcement, that'll probably be when all the rules come out too, so we can discuss that as well. So thanks, yeah. folks, for for tuning in. Um, Mike, I apologize for not um, being more supportive of your 
hockey starting in December idea. I'll 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 look. No, I mean the NHL is doing really well, Matt. So they should uh, you know do everything they can to start with the NBA. Ah, <sighs> well. God damn it! <laughs> right All right, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> what? Let's ride off into the sunset. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, uh, have a good one. Bye. Bye. Hi everybody, this is Matt Klink of the Brothers of Discussion, reminding you that you can find the Brothers of Discussion at BODpodcast.com, BrothersofDiscussion.com, find us on Twitter at BODpodcast, and of course we are bringing you content every Thursday, if not during every Monday Night Raw, every NXT show, every AEW Dynamite, every SmackDown, every pay-per-view, every major show happening in the United States, the Brothers of Discussion are covering it, so if you want good wrestling coverage come to the brothers of discussion thanks everybody hi everybody thanks for tuning in to another episode of the discussion five can't thank you enough but to try to give back we're here to tell you about another cool hockey contest that the hockey podcast network and the discussion five are very proud to tell you about If you are interested in walking away with a $175 Cool Hockey gift card, you've got to listen up. Because if you buy a jersey from CoolHockey.com before June 1st, so from the moment you hear this till June 1st, you will be entered to win a $175 Cool Hockey gift card. Now, once you make that purchase, your name is automatically entered, and it has to be a jersey purchase to be entered all you have to do is go to coolhockey.com slash THPN. And you know what? Mother's Day's coming up. So you go ahead and get your mom that hockey jersey that she's always wanted. And now you're entered for the Cool Hockey Gift Card Contest. Now, a couple little snippets here. If we get 10 jerseys sold by May 15th, this sucker's going to turn into a $200 gift card. That's right. So you want to share with your friends and your buddies what's going on here. Now, make sure you also use the promo code THPN to get 30% off the hockey jersey that you're purchasing. So just to run this down one more time, we've got coolhockey.com slash THPN is the location you want to go to to run this contest uh, and buy your next hockey jersey. Get your bomb a hockey jersey for Mother's Day, and then you'll be entered to win a $175 cool hockey gift card to give to your dad for Father's Day.